This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tab. It is Thursday, it's the 31st of August 2023. And today we have big, big breaking news. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Do you know how big this breaking news is, Sean Priest? How big is it, Stephen Scott? It's so big that yesterday I found a graphic on the internet. Have you been on the internet, by the way? It is disgusting. Terrible place to be. Uh, But I found a graphic on there with gigantic text that said, Breaking news... Breaking news. Yes. Breaking news. Just yes. to illustrate the point. So, oh, sorry. Is that on my speaker right now? That graphic is it? <laughs> that Wait. is it. You, can, can't you can't you feel the heat from the no. red background? This isn't big news. This isn't big big news. This is massive, humongous news, Oof. Stephen Scott. Bigger than breaking. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We need a new jingle. Get Rob on the phone. We need a new voiceover. <laughs> breaking Humongous news. We need breaking more jingles. News. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Rob's in his bed. Don't uh, even think Sorry, of Rob. waking him up. Come on. Uh, but uh, yes, we do have some big news today because, and it is big news and exclusive to Double Tap as well because uh, we're the first to get this interview on this topic. It's something we've been talking about on this show for many months now, and of course, since the demise of Microsoft Soundscape. Hint, hint. Uh, we've been a little bit <sighs> upset, fair to say, Miffed. right? Yeah. Annoyed, yeah. irritated. Mm. More yes. than usual for you Heartbroken. and Heartbroken. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, like that time that I found or thought I had chocolate in the cupboard, turned out the packet was empty. You know, that kind of feeling oh. of just, oh, what do you, where do you even you go, go here? Well, there's mm. no way, really. Um, but... <laughs> The good news is, just like when you find a full bag of chocolate, we get the news that Soundscape is back. Breaking news. Breaking news. back, baby. And it is back. Now, we know, and we have talked about already, the beta of OpenScape that has been ongoing for a while. That has not been released more widely. Uh, there's also Voice Vista, which is essentially a version of Soundscape. But a lot of people, I guess, want the original Soundscape back. The original, the best, the one we've known from Microsoft. And it is back in name, Soundscape. It has returned. And it's all thanks to, well, I'm just going to say it, Scottish people. There, I said it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You can God thank bless me you, later. Scotland. <laughs> Scotland, the brave. Hang on, hang on, and something oh. else. Um, but yes, basically, uh, Scotland has done it again. We fixed the problems of the world. Thank you. And uh, I will say I have no part to play in this, uh, other than merely Scottish. learning about it and being <laughs> Scottish. Uh, and uh, with us today to explain more about all this and tell us more about this fantastic story and the development of this and how Soundscape has returned uh, and is available now. You can go and download it right now. And I imagine most of you are, while you're listening to this, going off to your phone and <laughs> searching the App Store for Soundscape, and you'll find it. Uh, do, uh, of course, let us know how you got on with it when you, you get there. But uh, to tell us more about uh, the inception of this and how Soundscape has come back with the name, uh, Kirsty McIntosh joins us now from the Scottish Tech Army to explain, I know this name terrifies you when I say that, Sean. Um, Freedom! I don't like it. <laughs> you may take our haggis, <laughs> but you'll never take our soundscape. Uh, well, Kirsty McIntosh is with us here on the show today to tell us more about it. Kirsty, great to have you with us. It's very good to be here. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell you the story. Um, and it's a great story as ever with the Scottish Tech Army. Um, we, were, uh, we host a, a Tech for Good Summit every year. Uh, and this year, for the first year, it was a hybrid event. We had an in-person element of it in Glasgow at uh, the Barclays campus in Glasgow. Um, and at the same time as doing that job and running around like a headless chicken, I'm also the vice chair of a visual impairment charity called Seascape. And I was sitting next to the head of social impact for Microsoft um, at my own conference when up on my Twitter feed popped a post from my charity Um 
basically cop- uh, copying me in on a, on a petition that had been started to ask Microsoft to please not shut down something called Soundscape. And I didn't know anything about it. And I thought, oh, I'll just step away from this Microsoft person next to me and <laughs> go and find out what this is all about. Um, and I had a look and I realised that it had been made open source. And obviously we were coming to it quite late because the app, you know, it turned out the app obviously wasn't available for download for new users after the end of last year. Um, But the day after uh, the conference, um, somebody who'd been at the conference contacted the Scottish Tech Army to to talk to us about the work that we do and how they might be able to get involved. And this was the consultancy firm PwC. And they were looking for an opportunity to use their skills for good. Um, They had a particular day. It's called the... um, like a a single volunteering day for the entire organisation. And uh, it's called One Firm, One Day. And they they wanted to know if there was something that they could do that would be useful on the day. And I said, well, yes, actually, you can go and have a look at this repo uh, and tell me if we can reinstate Soundscape, because from all to all intents and purposes, it looks like the community doesn't really want to lose it. Um, So that's what they did. They gave us a day of cloud engineers who set to work and effectively did a feasibility study and said, yeah, you can stand this thing back up and actually we can see ways to improve the efficiency of the way it runs and things like that. Um, But they also had a product management team um, that worked with people from Guide Dogs UK and Seascape and other places, just sort of starting the kernel, if you like, of a roadmap of improvements about what would make it even better than it was at the moment. Um, And we committed after that day to to doing something about it, to bringing Soundscape back. Um, And I inquired of Microsoft um, if they would have a problem with us using the name because it's not trademarked. You actually can't trademark the the word Soundscape. Mm. Um, And they said they would have no objection. Um, So we thought, right, well, there's no point changing the name if you don't need to. So um, the Scottish Tech Army Soundscape Scarvis is coming back into into operation, um, hopefully very soon. It's really interesting uh, that that (laughs) no one else had thought about bringing the name back as well because you're right they couldn't copyright that that the the word soundscape um yeah. how 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 important do you think that is to keep well, that name well all, all we have tried to do in the first instance because of the timing of this you know we knew that the existing service is going to be shut down um was to effectively reproduce what had already been made from from the the open source um repository um so it, it had always to be the same name because it's exactly the same app it's, it's just being dealt with by somebody else um so we weren't looking to make any changes to it we weren't looking to launch a new product we were actually just trying to reproduce one that was already in existence before it was lost so it didn't actually cross my mind to change the name what we're trying to do is just say actually you can change from one app to the other it's exactly the same and then once you're comfortable and you're confident and you know it's there then we'll start working on the improvements and the functionality functionality additions that um, that you know some of the community are telling us about. So, I think that it helps. I mean, it's, it's the idea of kind of making it a a more comfortable transition, if you like, from from the old app to the new one. And if if it just is just, if it just is the same when you get there, then then that surely helps with some confidence in using it. So, just to be very clear to people who might be looking to get that soundscape experience back. Uh, is your app the Soundscape version we should go and download, or is it that other apps are doing the same thing and, like you say, are just adding on extra functionality? Because you can understand from a user perspective, people thinking, hang on, which app do I download? In many ways, it's actually quite nice for you to have the choice um, rather than just saying there's only there's only one of these things available. Um, the reality is I actually don't know too much about the other um, about the other apps. I mean, Voice Vista is already out there in, in the app store and to all intents and purposes, it, it seems to be very, you know, very similar um, to the original Soundscape as well. Um, I suppose for me, I'm not, although I work for the Scottish Tech Army and I have a background in the tech sector, I'm not a tech, I'm not a tech person. I'm, I'm, I have a more commercial kind of business building sort of perception in all of this. And, and my, my immediate concerns around this was, it's already had the plug pulled on it once. How do we how do we create an environment where if you're going to pull the plug on it, it's because the visual impairment community doesn't want it rather than any other reason? So our approach to this has been sort of slightly different in that, you know, reproducing the app is, you know, technologically possible and is currently being done. But how you sustain it and how you keep it going in the longer term for me is, is a conversation that needs to be had with the visual impairment community itself. Um, I think 
you know, Voice Vista, I think, came about very, very quickly um, and it's there and it's in the store. Uh, but there there doesn't seem to be any engagement with the community itself about why it's there and who it's for and, and what's happening to it next. Um, and OpenScape is is doing some, you know, absolutely sort of fantastic work. Um, I believe they're working with the original research team. Um, and I would love to be able to talk to them in the future about how we might be able to combine efforts. But um I think it's horses for courses, really. You know, I don't, um, OpenScape, I don't think is available in the App Store yet, is it? I know it's in beta, but um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's available. For us, what we were trying to do was battle to get a version of Soundscape out there that people could use before the old one was lost, um, which is which is really what we're, we're battling to do at the moment, to try and make sure that there's a, a relatively seamless place, seamless transition for people to go to another app if that's what they want to do. You mentioned being able to sustain the app and that's a lot of the discussion i've seen before we got openscape i think was the first one and then voice vista and of course your soundscape um there was a lot of discussion in the community about people picking this up and running with it and some of the cost was about the cost of actually running soundscape itself as a service uh, the cloud yes. service that it needs and um that was part of the discussion of you know it's a whole another conversation about why microsoft decided to go the route they did but how have you got around that? What are the costs involved, if you can even say, in, in running an app like that? What are the cloud services that you need to pay for? Well, basically, you need to be able to host the app in a location somewhere so that when people you know, download it or they can, they've got somewhere to download it from for a start. And But secondly, when they're actually interacting with the app on a daily basis or a weekly basis, that what they're interacting with is completely up to date. So you know, the mapping and everything else has to be has to be up to date. So it has to be online and, and live and, and basically making inquiries and updating itself all the time. So it's effectively hosted in the cloud. And, you know, it's not a cloud, you know, it's it's a computer in a data center somewhere. So that costs money. Um, and you know, the costs aren't like astronomical, but they're there. And of course, the more people that use it, the you know, the more space it uses, if you like, because it's it's accepting, you know, inquiries from, you know, you know, thousands of people potentially at roughly around about the same time. You know, and even if you're in different time zones. So if you're using it in the UK and you've got five thousand users or something and they're all they're all accessing the app at the same time as they navigate around Birmingham or Newcastle or Edinburgh or whatever, then you know that you know the capacity that you you need to actually run the app to let that happen. There, there's costs involved in that. Um the Scottish Tech Army is a not-for-profit. We don't charge for our services. This is not. We're not using this as a commercial vehicle to fund our, our work. This is we, we do that in a different way. So for us, this is actually about covering the costs. Um, and for me, I I've got a bit of a bugbear about all this kind of thing about where when it comes to app, apps like this specifically and potentially other pieces of technology. We have to find a way, I think, of putting the control of that technology into the hands of the community that's dependent upon it. Um, and I think one of the ways to do that is to is to develop a framework that spreads the cost of hosting apps like this across multiple organisations so that no single organisation is shouldering the burden of the cost, but also no single organisation gets to pull the plug on it. Um, and that actually somehow there is a different framework, there is a different conversation that goes on about you know the sustainability of it over the longer term and if you're if you're a global this is a global product at the end of the day if you if globally you've got you know communities all over the world using it that cost can be really tiny for lots of lots of organizations and it means that no one organization if their their contribution you know needs to be diverted somewhere else where the need is greater that if they pull it from soundscape that the whole app doesn't just stop overnight because the money is not there um and i and it I don't know if I don't know if there's appetite for it in in the the sector, but it's it's part of my it's part of my job to go and ask those questions, and I'd I'd love for feedback on that as well. I don't know what you think about it yourself. Well, I know I know when we talked before you agreed to come onto the show, one of the things you talked about with me was the fact that you wanted the community response, and I guarantee you one thing, Kirsty, you're going to get a response. <laughs> uh, you right, get a response okay. here, uh, but what? But and, and I think it's a great question to ask because I think there really are two, maybe even you know, a multiple of, of options on the table, maybe even multiples in one setting where you know you have that contribution factor from organisations. But you know, is there also a, perhaps an opportunity to open this up and make it available for people to pay a subscription to use it? I mean, it's not un, it's not uncommon for us 
to have to pay. I mean, we pay for Blind Square. We, you know, if we want to buy that app, um, we pay for services like Ira, um, you know, the, the visual interpreter service. So, you know, we, we are, and I'm not saying we should all have to put our hands in our pockets and pay, but maybe we should have to put our hands in our pocket and pay, you know, an amount of money that, you know, could be spread across a, a wider range of people. And of course, again, keeps the app sustainable because I think at the heart of all of this, from what I'm learning from you, the difference here, and this is a this is not in any way against anyone else doing anything else with this software, with this particular app, but this has to be sustainable. And, you know, as blind people, we, we're not great at change, and for good reason sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't want to be constantly downloading and changing apps. We've just got used to one way of doing it, and then you've got to change and do it all again. And I think that's why a lot of people will appreciate what you're doing here with this app. You're not doing that. You're not saying this is a whole new version of it. It's just the app you know and love. And I think a lot of people are going to like that. But that sustainability factor is key. Yes. I mean, and you apps like this actually can't stand still. Uh, you know, every time Apple brings out a new iOS version, you have to make sure that the app will work on it. Um, you know, the whole of the Android community is excluded from the benefit of Soundscape because it can't get it on there. So do we, you know, we, we need to make sure that there, there's a, a version of it for them potentially in the future as well. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I get your point about, um, you know, people being willing to uh, to pay for some of this technology, but the reality is that the rest of us don't have to pay for really useful apps. <laughs> um, they're just there and, and, and um, you know, the, the, the commercial model there is probably around advertising and things like that. I mean, you could look at a freemium model, you know, where mm. some people pay for basic services and others pay, but to me that feels unfair. Um, that those who might be it's, it's a really reason. tricky discussion in our community isn't it because yeah. so many of our community I think the recent figure I had was 30% of people who are of working age uh, who are blind or partially sighted in the UK alone are in work 30% so 70% are out of work no fault of our own by the way <laughs> I'd like to make that very clear um, but I, I think that it does raise an interesting question when it comes to payments and I am really on the fence personally about this. I, I don't know where I sit on this one, honestly, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. But I think somewhere in the middle is, I guess, the option to pay if you can, um, pay what you like. That's becoming a bit of a thing these days. People will say, well, hey, if you can pay a, a pound or a dollar, that's fine. If you pay 10, that's great. So those who can could, and those who can't don't have to. And it supports everyone that way. That's one option. But but I think I'm intrigued by this idea because I guess you're coming at this with your business hat on thinking, right, hang on, I'm, how do we build this in a more achievable way, which is to get different organisations involved? And have you spoken to any organisations yet about this? Um, we've actually received funding very generously from the Thomas Pocklington Trust to cover the hosting costs for this for the first year because... I need time to start this conversation. I mean, we literally mm. hit the ground running on the 21st of April and haven't stopped since while we try and get this thing sorted out. So, um, and, you know, we're not, the Scottish Tech Army is relatively well known, if you like, in the in the in in Scotland, but it's not particularly well known down south. And we have an initiative called the Tech for Good Alliance, which engages with corporate uh, volunteering opportunities, you know, in companies, um, which is a UK wide initiative. So, you know, a lot of my work at the moment is just sort of trying to introduce myself to the same people and, and answer the question, who the hell are the Scottish Tech Army and what are you doing in Wales? Um, you know, a lot of the time. So, um, and I think, um, you know, our experience in the Scottish Tech Army of helping charities who have digital challenges is one of the big challenges that they actually have is their ability to get funding for technology investment. And I think one of the things that we've come across in the tech army is that there's actually quite a lot of technology that's already been built by one company or one, you know, bunch of volunteers or whatever for one charity. And it's a great thing. And everybody's gone their separate ways and everybody's terribly happy. But actually, that solution could have been applied to a thousand charities. Um but it's not the charity's job to go and find the other 999. And it certainly wasn't the company who built the technology in the first place's role to go and do that either. Um, and I think one of the things here is, you know, when we're talking about multiple versions of Soundscape, um, it's actually bad for the planet to have too much tech floating about in, in data centres. There's, you know, there's no need for it to be in there if it's actually not being used. So what we are trying to do is to make sure that the code that we put in there is clean, um, green clean, if you like, is running as efficiently as it possibly can. That forces the costs down. And that's the conversation I want to have with the funders to say, you know, 
or whoever it is that has the money, the multiple organisations, and say, if you if you spread the cost of this and not make it competitive, you know, you have an enormous impact on the community at large because then everybody gets access to it and everybody is confident that it's still going to be there. Um, you're serving the needs of your community and your community is using a piece of technology it really wants. And then you've got organisations like ours going, absolutely, if you want it, we'll make it available. Um, so I do think there are different ways of doing this. I don't think there, we don't think we should be looking at using traditional funding models for technology. Um, they're not used in the tech sector. I don't think they should be used anywhere else. No, and it, it creates a really interesting framework going forward because, you know, like you've already come up with the, the reality that, you know, there are many applications and hardware solutions and, and all kinds of things that are created by charities which just live within the bubble of that charity and the people who are served by that charity. But it could actually really benefit wider community and indeed other organisations who are also maybe sitting there at the drawing board thinking about developing the very thing that's sitting over here. So yeah, this, sol- this, this kind of starts to you know, level the playing field. But in a world of technology and applications, you know, apps on phones and all the rest of it, you know, a more unified approach is good. It works for everybody then. And I think also one of the other things is our experience in the Tech Army and through the Tech for Good Alliance as well. You know, one of the things we do with the Tech for Good Alliance is we're looking for scalable projects. So we're, you know, our, our whole ethos is around whatever we build is open source. Whatever we process, we develop. It doesn't necessarily have to be a new piece of technology. It might be a process to make something more efficient. We're going to use that learning over and over and over again with as many organisations as we can. Um but I think also um, there's an art of the possible thing here as well. You might not know in the charity world of you know, visual impairment that there's a piece of technology being used in, I don't know, manufacturing, auto manufacturing or something that actually with a bit of attention, you might actually be able to lift and lay and put it into a different, you know, something that might help the visually impaired community. Um, and it's that that willingness to collaborate, to share and to kind of look over the fence, if you like, or the wall of what's going on somewhere else. And and even when you use, when you think about things like Soundscape, um, you know, there was um, on the, the PWC day that we did, uh, Chris Holloway, who's their head of um, accessibility, you know, he, he suggested that the app could uh, potentially help people who, who struggle with a busy and, and a claustrophobic environments, you know, so perhaps you may be on the autism spectrum, for example, and, you know, the Soundscape might guide you away from a particularly busy area in the town to get you to your destination in a slightly different way. Um, and it was a completely less sort of left field suggestion. And you're sat there sort of thinking, gosh, that's absolutely amazing. You know, um, you know that that's something that we should definitely go and have a conversation with later on. And And, and I love this idea that, you know, these ideas beget other ideas and that we should, you know, we should pull the threads on them and go and see where it where it potentially takes us. It's pretty simple, isn't it, Kirsty? I mean, you know, if you make something that is very applicable to one community, but then you realise the potential for other communities, then you make the whole thing more sustainable by itself because then you just cannot be without it. And that's where we want to get to with this. And we saw that with audiobooks. We saw that, you know, coming out of the, you know, something that was built for blind people that was adopted by you know, everyone else and everyone Absolutely. loves their audiobook now. It doesn't make Indeed. any difference. Um, I, I, I want to ask you a little bit about the um, international side of this for, from two angles, actually. One, the development, because of course you mentioned Android and there are a lot of Android users who would love to see Soundscape on there. That is something. And, and it's I, the reason I bring up the international angle is because I know we have a lot of listeners in places like Nairobi. And, you know, Android is prevalent there because it's a cheaper, easier to get phone system, whereas iPhone might be a little bit too outside of, of, of you know, the ability to buy. Um, so it, it's, a, it's actually quite important to get this on, the, on these platforms, not, not just Apple, right? I mean, it's, it is popular, no doubt. You know, more people in the West will use Apple, who, those who are blind anyway, are using Apple. There, there are stats and figures to back that up. But outside of... Britain, outside of Canada, outside of the UK, outside of the US, not so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I certainly think that it's, um, it's an important next step um, to make it available to everybody who wants to use it, irrespective of which operating system they're using on their on their mobile phone. Now, it's a big job. I mean, it's transferring, you know, from something that's been built in one code into another. Um, 
there are ways of doing it um, and it's definitely something that we are we're committing to uh, to making possible so um, I would love to be able to come back and tell you when the Android version is available I have one final question for you and I'll let Sean get in because I'm hogging this conversation I apologise Sean you are but, yes but- <laughs> But I'm I, I, interesting. I, I want to ask this other side about the international um, aspect of this because internationally, th- this is not, I mean, although you're the Scottish Tech Army, uh, this is very much a worldwide uh, piece of work, right? It, it seems like you're getting lots of different people from all around the world involved. Yes, we've always had the benefit within the Scottish Tech Army, although it's called the Scottish Tech Army because it started in Edinburgh, literally. There was three weeks between the the idea, the kernel of the idea with Alistair Forbes and Pete Jaco, our founders, um, to actually launching three weeks later on the 28th of April 2020. Um, and, you know, the intention originally for the STA was that it, it was supposed to be a pandemic response initiative. We were going to be there in a point of crisis and then we wouldn't be needed anymore. Um, but the reality is that we are still needed, that we did identify, you know, um, a future for the organisation. And that's why it's still called the Scottish Tech Army. But right from the get go, we've had people from all over the place volunteering for us. We had, I mean, during the pandemic, we had a guy that was based in Singapore, uh, who was originally from Australia. Um, we had, you know, people from all over the UK. It's one of the wonderful sort of democratizations, if you like, that happened, you know, during the pandemic was if if you build a virtual community, you can come from from anywhere. Um, and it means that also as an organization that we can reach out, we can ask the question, we're looking for help with these particular skills. And it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> if you want to step forward from far flung countries, then that's what the, that's what you can do. So, um, you know, we do have some folk on the on the project at the moment from the southwest of England. We've got them from Eastern Europe um, as well as Scotland and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I have no doubt that over time that will continue. Uh, that will continue. And wherever that skill set and that willingness to contribute that skill set comes from, then we will gladly take it. Wow. Yes, I have been sat here just listening because it is so interesting. I I just love it. The whole fresh blood, you know, new collaborations, new ideas, keeping a, a project going, even if it's um, with a different set of volunteers. I mean, it's just so impressive. It's just such a positive movement. I'm, I'm just so impressed. Thank you. I mean, it, it, it's um, our community of volunteers. I mean, there is a core you know, employed, you know, there's half a dozen of us, you know, that run the Scottish Tech Army, if you like, but actually all of the work that's done for things like Soundscape and for all the other projects that we work on are done by volunteers. Um, and that's that's an important premise. We don't do the work for them. It's that they come in there, they want to contribute their time and their skills um, because they can see the benefit of it. And, you know, one of the the funny things about the conversation that we had with the chap from PwC was he said last year my, my team was you know, yanking shopping trolleys out of canals, you know, on our on our volunteering day. And he said, this year we want to use our skills for good. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for yanking shopping trolleys out of canals. It's a mm. good thing to do. But the reality is that next year you're going to have to go and do it again and nothing really will have changed in between times. Whereas with technology, you really can you really can make a difference that's sustained um, over the long period and have influence. And one of the joys of this job after three and a half years of being involved with this organisation is some of the charities that we helped in the early days, who never really had to consider technology before lockdown, are now coming back or, or have come back several times and said, you did this for us and we were wondering if we could have. And they're thinking, what more can digital do for me? Um, and I love that. That, that. That's that kind of uh, digital maturity thing where people are looking to technology to solve some of their problems instead of trying to fix them in, in other ways. Kirsty, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about the Scottish Tech Army, the work with Soundscape as well. And uh, yeah, do keep in touch. We'd love to learn more about this as, as it all goes along. Great stuff. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you. And stay tuned. We have reaction to this coming up from Sean and from me, but also from longtime Soundscape user Becky Zarr. She's the host of the Raising Kindness podcast here on AMI-audio, and she joins us next. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air, and on Mastodon at Double Tap. And Becky Zara is with us today. Hello, Becky. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, it's great to have you back uh, on the show. It feels like ages. Every, you know, you're one of those friends. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I consider you a true friend, Becky Aww, Zara. I love it. I, I agree right back at you guys. Can I tell you why? Yes, please do. Because my true friends are the people I never get in contact with. 
<laughs> oh, thanks. That says a lot. He speaks to me three times a day. <laughs> Don't listen to him, Becky. No, honestly. So we, we, my wife and I was talking about this the other day. There are friends who came to our wedding we haven't seen since the wedding, and that was 10 years ago. Yeah, can you really call them friends, Stephen Scott? I call everybody my friend. Oh, I just, you. I, I was just feeling really good there for a moment because I made the friend classification, then you just revoked it. No, no, no I, I think I kept it. Hang on, have I? Uh, yeah, let's move on. Anyway, yep. okay. never mind all that. The big news of the day: Soundscape is back. Yay! Well, uh, slightly <laughs> underwhelming, Becky. I was but... kind of expecting more of them. Am I the only one cheering? Come on, you guys. This is a big day in my world. <laughs> Sorry, there Becky, we, we let you down. Yeah. Thank you. No, this is great news, though, isn't it? I mean, there's so many of us that well, use it every day, many times a day. And, you know, we have had alternatives that have popped up and we've been, you know, okay, I don't feel quite so anxious now. But still... Um, another one is never a bad option, right? Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, we've had alternatives. We've had options, but I'm not going to try to be mean, but they're slightly subpar in my world compared <gasps> to the Epic Soundscape app. I'm so excited. Wow. And, and okay. the whole story here, I mean, we just heard from Kirsty, of course, the whole story about how this has come to be. And of course, the whole thing here is it's about sustainability right so it's not just going to be and this is no disrespect to any developer but you know there are small groups of, of developers one or two people bringing about an app like this for whatever good intentions you know the question is always going to be leveled how sustainable is this and for us as a community i imagine it's the case for you as well becky you know once you've got one of these apps once you've got an app you like you don't want it to disappear and then you have to change to another app down the line and then relearn how that works a hundred percent. Like there are options out there because people like different things, right? And I get a little bit set in my ways. I totally admit it. But when I found Soundscape um, initially, I was like, oh, like the gods from heaven above had sent me this piece <laughs> of equipment that really made me feel in sync. And when it was discontinued, I was trying to like mentally prepare myself for a few months in advance. And so I was trialing different options. And um, I mean, some of them were great and I've become slightly accustomed to them as well. Um, but I actually was thrown off a bit when my husband actually made a comment to me in regards to my confidence level um, when I was using these other apps um, in the interim. And he's like, man, he's like, you are you're like, your confidence is shaken a bit. He's like, I can just, just tell like, I'm not going as far out. I'm not as, you know, willing to explore new options by myself or routes by myself. And I just felt like I was stumbling a little bit. And I, I felt it, but it was also recognizable to the people around me as well. So um, I have adapted. I have been functioning okay, but I can't believe that this is happening. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsty, um, for sharing this information. Um, I think it's going to make a big difference to not just my life, but like a lot of people who have been connected and a little resistant to give up the soundscape, I don't know, thing in our world. I like it. I have to say, I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, as, as usual, the Scots have got to step in and sort out, as <laughs> usual. Not only the Scots, but the Scottish army have got to step in and sort tech it out. Army, to be clear. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> not, not that army. army. <laughs> that, it wasn't, things aren't that bad. Uh, no, we're not yeah. at that level. Becky, what, what, what's the magic of Soundscape? What is it? What's, what's the well, thing that makes it better than everything else? I don't know. It just has this thing, this sense of peace that it brings upon me. No, what I really like about it is just turning it on and not particularly selecting my direction or where I want to go. I just want to walk some days. And when I'm walking, though, I want to know what's going on around me. So I admit um, it's been 10 years now. And prior to this whole vision loss journey thing that I've been on, I was a sighted individual and I traveled very visual around me. I didn't turn at particular streets all the time, but I knew that I was going to turn past that. I'll use the word KFC, right? Take a left at the KFC. Well I know done. you guys like KFC. Well done, yep. yep. Um, thank you. Um, and so it just orientates me in a different way. I use my other senses, um, but when I'm out and about, I know some people curb count and I have the utmost respect for those individuals who can pull that off. I think I'm too distractible. I think I have like, I don't know. I think I have too many things going on at one time to like 
persistently curb count and keep track of my location because I've got my dog. I'm communicating with her in multiple different ways, trying to pay attention to what's going on around me. I got my kiddo that's with me lots of times and he's, he's very chatty like me. I wonder where he gets that from, right? He's very <laughs> chatty. And so I'm trying to pay attention with his conversation and participate in it, in it as well. So I feel like I'm very much multitasking and Soundscape allows me to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I do the, exactly the same thing. I, I mean, even if you don't set any markers or use any of the beacons, just when I take the dog out in the morning, it just means I don't have to do that extra thinking. You know, yeah. I can just carry on walking until it says, you know, oh, you're approaching the, the, the turning that you want. And there, and then it suddenly snaps me back. And it does give you that freedom to, I don't know, have a little bit of a daydream for a little bit, which is, you know, sounds ridiculous, but... You're absolutely right. So many well, no, times it's I... not ridiculous because that's what everybody else on the planet does. Uh, I, yeah, right. that's that's the point, right? It just sort of it gives you a little bit of freedom, I guess, from your own concentration twenty four seven. Totally, and the point that you said about how it announces what intersections you're about to, you know, cross or approach. <laughs> to me, that is vital. And I found that that was a bit of a gap in some of the other um, navigation systems. Is it I'd already passed that intersection or it wasn't accurate or they just weren't even telling me that I was mm -hmm. about to approach that inter intersection. So um, I like to know what streets I'm are I'm intersecting with crossing over and stuff like that because it just, I don't know, it's super helpful. And it provides um, a piece of, I guess, communication later on, like my kiddo said to me the other day, you know, mom, I'm going down and he started describing the area. I'm like, oh, so you mean like Benjamin Crescent? And he's like, yeah, like, how'd you know that that was that? Well, I know that because it announces me that, you know, um, street I'm crossing every single time I watch, I cross that route. So it allows me to function a little bit more in society in general as well, because I can't read the signs, but I know what street I'm crossing. So to me, that's a really important piece of information. Yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> Here's a question for both of you, and I'll answer it as well if you want, but I, I'm just going to throw it to you too, because I think about this a lot, and it's come up more and more, especially since apps like Soundscape, where, where we were told were going away. Thankfully, it's now back. But I often think, how reliant are we on technology? Sometimes I wonder if we're just too reliant on it, and sometimes we don't put enough value into our own orientation and mobility which is you know obviously our own maybe white cane or guide dog or however you choose to get around and and actually focus less on the tech because if it goes away well what do you do uh get another Cric one <laughs> i'm gonna another say crickets <laughs> i'm totally don't reliant go don't go out until they buy it, build a new app right okay <laughs> That's exactly it. I was, um, I had heard that there was this other, this other app that I was trialing out. Um, I'm at the, I'm at the lake right now and I was going to give it a whirl and I had Lulu did her thing, got her all hooked up. Um, I left our cabin and I got distracted because my kiddo gave me a call and told me that there was this sounds terrible, a deceased squirrel on the road. And he wanted me to avoid it. And he wasn't sure how the dog was going to react to it because Lulu mm -hmm. likes squirrels. Anyways, um, so I was paying attention to that and telling her, you know, you know, Lulu forward, forward, um, you know, or sorry, not forward, straight on. And she was listening to me and we missed our turn. And I realized a little while later that nothing was talking to me in my ear. And I thought, Oh, I can figure this out. Like, this isn't rocket science. I kind of know where I am anyways. I'm at the lake. I'm safe. It's a quiet day. It's not scorching hot. Let's just do this. Let's figure out this new route. And I totally 100% got lost. But I didn't call anybody as an SOS. I still had, um, a, I'm going to say Blind Square um, was my backup one in lieu of this other new one I was trying. I turned Blind Square on. It gave me a little bit of information because I'm in the world, right? But because of the tech that I had with me and my lovely Siri friend that travels in my pocket, I was able to get myself out of that lost jam with my guide dog. And we found our way home without tech. If I had my stick and had no tech with me, I would have probably sat down on the curb, called my husband and said, you got to come find me. Um, because I don't think that I would have been able to confidently and safely got myself out of that scenario. So tech all the way, non, what do I call me? Non-techy backy is 100% relying on tech. I admit it. <laughs> You're more techy than you, you say. But, but again, I think that's to my point. 
that actually, you know, are we sometimes too reliant? And, you know, in that situation, you say you would have just sat down and, and waited for someone to either come, you know, or go get, get someone to come and get you. Uh, you know, and I just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? Because I know I, I would be the biggest hypocrite if I was trying to make this an argument, a serious argument for, for me anyway. But I do wonder if we're sometimes so reliant on it that actually it can be a negative for us because we... No. Okay. No. No. No, it Fine. can be a negative. <laughs> like the, the, the simple fact is you could take that to any level, right? I mean, are we too reliant on a white stick? Well, if we didn't have our white stick with us at any point, yes, of course, there is that. And could we manage without it? If, you know, I've been in a situation where I'm halfway from home and my stick's fallen to bits. You know? I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that has happened to me, yeah. And I must admit, <laughs> yes. that, that was like sit on the floor and please well, hope someone walks by with a white stick. You say that, but you know what? You feel your way with your feet, you know? feeling that shoreline in the curb with your toes and yes we could cope but it makes life more difficult so yes we could cope without tech i've i've forgotten to take my phone out with me before and then got myself in a bit of a uh a mystery you know tour <laughs> but um it, it it's that it gives you that extra bit of confidence the technology it's not to say we 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 can't work without it or we can't live without it i think we can but the point of the matter is if it makes life easier for you then why would you well uh, the reason i bring it up is not because i fear we live without it i fear it's more about the fact that these things can go away and i think in the last year we've seen so many examples you know twitter being the number one example where you know an entire accessibility team was just let go like that and you know that was it, and, and you know basically from then on the the app is in is in free fall in regards to accessibility because okay it may function today but you know what's it going to be like in two months when they start adding new features or five months or six months? Would you months? say Twitter is a something that contributes to your life and something you would miss in your daily life? I think life? there are many disabled people who would absolutely say mm, that. Yeah. No, mm, yeah, we've okay. had them on the show. We've had people on the show who say they 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 found connection. They found. Uh, ways of meeting people they could never have done before, and Twitter meant a lot to them. So, sorry, you know, X or Thank X, you. however it is this Thank week. You. Let's get it right. Um, maybe our X soon, uh, the way it's going. <laughs> but um, I, I do think that it just kind of highlights the, and then you know, Soundscape then just, just you know, that was it. It felt like the rug was being pulled there as well. And I remember talking to you about it at the time, and you were devastated, Becky. I was totally devastated. I totally was, and I think that it provides me confidence in bringing me to the level of independence that I so missed when I initially lost my eyesight. And I had created this person and lifestyle that I at one time thought that I wasn't going to be able to um, have, to be quite honest, because I had no idea how to function as a blind person. I didn't know tech even existed, right? And we're talking, this is a decade ago. So look back on how far we've come with it. And so to me, um, if I'm allowed to have this magical app on this amazing small, you know, computer device in my pocket that allows me to do the things I want to do, be the person I want to be and um, have a level of independence that I need in my life. To me, it's like a, a why not? Why wouldn't I do that? Um, I'm so grateful for the people that have the capacity to design these type of things because um, all I really am able to do, um, sight or no sight, before losing my sight, I was not technology illiterate or illiterate as well. And I can turn it on and I can figure a few things out, but how they actually put these puzzle pieces back together, I'm mystified by, but I'm so grateful that somebody out there is understanding that this was a huge gap. And, you know, um, we've talked about it before where isolation um, and the mental health trickle down of that is it's huge for people with vision loss as well. So when you when you take away a component that allows them to feel empowered, um, it, it has a big effect. And so I think we're going to see a lot more people being just thrilled if this, um, you know, Soundscape was their navigation tool um, of choice to see it come back once again. And um, I think people are going to be using it. Yeah, absolutely. How was, did it behave for you at the lake? Because, you know, I'm just, the way you say the lake, I just have this impression of 
countryside fields. Obviously, a lake, I imagine, is in there somewhere as well. Uh, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> Some sort you know, of water I'm, I'm involved. I'm, yes. a bit of a, I'm a bit of an outdoorsman, as you can tell. Uh, so, you know, I'm well aware of these things. Those digital trees. Uh, Sean, I could educate you all day. But, thank you. Um, you know, with all that stuff, you know, how does it behave? Or are you going to tell me that basically the lake is next to a large city or something? Where, where, where are you exactly? And, and okay, is, so where uh, am I? How does it behave? Um, I'm not in a farmer's field. Um, I'm about 30 minutes outside of Regina, which is the queen city of Saskatchewan. So gotcha, um, yes. I'm, not, I'm not totally yes. rogue. Pardon? Best, Best place, place in, the in the world. Right. And so in this little nest of its Doesn't own little convinced. world... <laughs> there are a few, um, you know, um, restaurants and spots that will get picked up. Okay, so I will revert back to the original soundscape. Original soundscape would announce um, intersections to me by name out here. Um, tell me what direction I'm heading. And they would announce, albeit some businesses had changed, you know, um, over. And it yeah. would tell me the old, what the old business name was. I didn't care. I knew where I was, right? So I had that piece of information for me. Um, but the ones that I've been using um, admits soundscapes um, disappearance sometimes tell me um, what street I'm crossing over. The thing that um, I've noticed with Blind Square, it will tell me approximately what address I'm at. I really like that because then I can, again, orientate myself. It doesn't tell me the businesses that are out here. It, it's very shoddy when it comes to that as well. Um, but again, if you take it into the city, it works completely different. You also have to be within a close enough proximity um, to select a business because I have to actually select a route with Blind Square, right? Um, or a particular destination, which I just ignore. Um, I just need her to talk to me, right? And so... I select um, a restaurant that's actually not even open anymore lots of times. And um, it tells me the information that I need to kind of orientate myself. But that's why I'm so excited that this will be back to the original soundscape, the Vista. Um, it doesn't tell me the information that I need. It's very sparse out here um, in the rural environment. So this must be to do with the type of mapping that it's Data, using yeah. on board, yeah. It's it's, it's kind of... <sighs> I don't know, because i got to say, Voice Vista has sort of saved my life recently, you know, because yeah. I've been using that every day since you've been unable to download Soundscape from the uh, App Store, Microsoft Soundscape. And, you know, OpenScape, they were the ones that first kicked all this off, but they, mm. uh, as far as I know, they're still in beta at the moment. Still so, beta, still, and I think it's the original team, as, as Kirsty was saying, I think the original team behind Soundscape are actually involved in that project. But it, it sounds great, right? And it, It's like, I, I don't want to put them down whatsoever the developer of um, voice vista has been pumping out updates all the time he's added airpod tr head tracking support and all that sort of good stuff um but there is something about just getting the original soundscape back but i think the key thing for me from what kirsty was saying there and as you kicked off with Stephen is the sustainability. You know, if if a one person or a small team picks the open source code up, they can build the foundations, but can they keep it going? And that's the key thing. We don't want things to start disappearing. And hey, currently there's three choices out there. Um, let's see how they build on the foundations. You know, uh, what's what is the new features that can be brought in? You know, do we can we get away from just having to open a couple of mobility apps and maybe we can just use the one to get all the information we need. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's an interesting time and, you know, lots of options are out there. More options are better than less options. A quick comment, though, Becky, on that point about who's paying for this. So the idea is that this would be a number of charities, possibly in the UK, possibly around the world, who could put money in to this to keep it sustainable. It means that no one person owns it, no one group owns it. Everyone's responsible for it, but it's not us as blind people paying for it. How do you feel about that? I think it's fantastic. I like the group approach to it. Um, hopefully, you know, allows it to be maintained better and, <clears throat> excuse me, more ideas to be flushed through the system as well, because you never know, like maybe maybe they can add to it and stuff like that. Um, start with the original, keep going. I just grateful for yes the voice vista people the blind square people kirsty and her people um for making the options available out there it really makes an impact um on all of our lives so thank you 
Yeah. Becky, great to have you on. Come back soon and tell us how you got on with the new one. And uh, yeah, keep in touch and enjoy the lake. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your summer. So, Sean, have you had a chance to play yet? Of course I have. I used it this morning when I took the dog out. And I've got to say, it's soundscape. I mean, you know, it's just like there hasn't been any time in between um, using the original Microsoft Soundscape uh, and this one. It's exactly the same. It worked just as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to carry on. I'm going to start building up my markers and beacons again. But it just it just felt familiar. And I think, as we said before, having the choice, Voice Vista has been great. It's really helped patch that, 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 that time where I thought, you know, we, we were going to be without Soundscape. It's, they've done a great job. I don't think we should, we can say anything uh, about the developers of OpenScape and Voice Vista. Absolutely amazing. And keep going. Mm. You know, maybe this can go in different directions and offer different functionality and features. But yes, this basically is Soundscape, not only in name, but absolutely in app and function in features. It's exactly the same. It's going to be interesting to see how this develops. And you're right about continuing development because I think one area that we all are keeping an eye on closely is the wearable market and, you know, things like Celeste Glasses. We've been talking to Celeste. You've got Envision out there. You've got other companies that are starting to come up with these kind of products, these wearable products that could really aid navigation as well as, as you know, with cameras in built in and all the rest. You could have a version of Soundscape, for example, on Envision potentially. You know, that could happen. Uh, yeah. It could be on Celeste. So, you know, th th this is the great thing. And this is why I said it before, and I will say it again, a day is going to come, and I think we may already be there, where we say, actually, thank you, Microsoft. Well done for not ditching this product entirely. Well. And No, but hang on. I'm very careful of what I'm saying here. Thank you for not ditching the product and making it available to all of us, they could have said, "Look, we got what we want out of this project. We're done." And I'm no. not going to. I'm not going to say companies like you know others might do that, like you know Google might have just gone. That's it. Oof. How many times? How many times? Yeah, no, have we seen like, product after product after product from right. Google just disappear overnight? Microsoft pull things. Um, Apple pull things sometimes randomly, just ra no, like the ping social network on iTunes. I know, and <laughs> I love that. What happened to that? I was um, heartbroken. <laughs> But you know no, that's you're the true. point. You're you know, true. But I, I think yeah. we'll, I think we'll be pleased to say that you know this is a, it's back because Microsoft made it possible for this. So I think you know huge kudos to them for that. Huge kudos for the work. Perhaps this app would never have got off the ground at all had it not been for that investment. And maybe that is actually a, a model. I'd be interested in people's thoughts on this. Maybe this is a model going forward. Big companies start the ball rolling. They've got the investment, but then other organisations carry it on. Maybe that's maybe. a more sustainable way. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's it for today. That was a good show today and uh, big, big breaking news. Uh, so thank you to uh, Kirsty McIntosh and the team at Scottish Tech Army for coming to us with this and uh, breaking this with us first here on Double Tap. Your comments always welcome. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call us one 803 4567 Search in your app store for Soundscape. Only on iOS. Maybe soon on Android. Who knows? Sean, catch you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs>